I think we we forget sometimes people are acting out of offense because they need encouragement. They really are struggling. And if we can just uh, remember, especially as leaders, go out of your way to encourage people, to tell them what they're doing well, and to tell them that a lot. I think it can go a long way towards disrupting this pattern, this growth of disunity. I am yours, I am yours, I am yours, send me, Lord. I am yours, I am yours, I am yours. Welcome to the Gospel Centered Pro Life Podcast, a podcast designed to equip, encourage, and challenge you in pro life ministry, and always with a focus on the gospel. Stay tuned. I felt your passion, touched your heart. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Gospel-Centered Pro-Life Podcast. I'm Vicki Kosiorg, and I am here with Daniel Parks. What's up, guys? Yeah, we we have an exciting uh, podcast planned for you, just to so you know who we are, just in case this is your first time listening. I'm the Sidewalk Training Director, and I've been doing sidewalk outreach for about almost 10 and a half years now. Yeah. And Daniel's been doing that even longer, yeah, right? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, a little bit longer. Since yeah. 2005, been reaching out at the abortion centers here in Charlotte and uh, been involved in sidewalk outreach in abortion centers across the nation. So I think we have a little bit that we could offer to people that are listening. We hope so. We better at yeah, this point. We better by 30 now. 30 years combined doing something, we probably yeah. ought to know something. Well, you know what one <laughs> wise man said? What? He says, all of us can do something. Even the worst of us can serve as bad examples. Yeah, amen. So if nothing else, if we have nothing else to offer to you guys, we can serve as bad examples yep. maybe of what not to do. Yep, for but sure. But all jokes aside, I think we can share with you guys what we've learned. And we do on this podcast share practical stuff, practical tips, how to be effective on the sidewalk. But we also share more um, philosophical theological, right. mm-hmm. um, and then practical stuff of the heart too, right? Dealing with things of the heart, dealing with what we're going to be talking about today, which is unity yeah. and disunity, mm-hmm. the the devil's trap. It right? is. The devil's scheme is always to bring disunity within your team, your sidewalk team, within you know your church. Mm-hmm. And, and we're so, as, as believers in Jesus even, but as human beings, we're so susceptible to to disunity, we so easily take the bait um, and fall into the trap of disunity and yeah. offense. And so, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about some things to be aware of. We're going to talk about how to deal with disunity, how to guard from disunity, maybe even a little bit how to recover from disunity yes. uh, as yeah. we talk through this podcast. Yeah, I, th- I think a really great place to start is the Bible. Yeah, but because God does have something to say about being unified. Yeah. So in First Corinthians chapter one verse ten, that verse says, "Now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment." Yeah. And that is just so critical for a ministry to survive, right. is that there be unity. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, again, the trap of disunity is there as believers in Jesus. In Jesus, We can always fall prey to it. It seems like most of what the Apostle Paul is writing to the churches, and the Apostle Paul wrote like, what, two-thirds of the New Testament. Right. Yeah. He's dealing with disunity. And yeah. almost every letter he, he discusses, he addresses the issue of disunity, whether it's disunity between Jews and Gentiles that are believers in Jesus or disunity between those, like in 1 Corinthians, those who have spiritual gifts and are using them in a, in a wrong way. Um, there's all kinds of things that the enemy uses to disunify. Yeah. This is not a new thing that the, that the devil is right. doing, right? Right. <laughs> Paul Absolutely. was dealing with it then. Uh, Jesus dealt with it even within the disciples. At one point, they're debating who's going to be the greatest in his kingdom. And so he deals with disunity there. So mm-hmm. it's a common theme. It's a common thing. So if you're a leader and you're listening to this and you're discouraged because you're dealing with disunity within your team – Welcome to the club. Right. Jesus was there. Paul was there. Moses had to deal with it. It's a common issue as leaders that we have to deal with. And hopefully what this podcast will help you to do is recognize the early signs of disunity and kind of nip it in the bud. Right. Because as I was thinking on this topic, because I've had to deal with disunity uh, on a few levels in a few areas, um, I... I see the same progression yeah. of of where it starts and then how it builds yeah. and domino effect until you really are – you can be at a crisis yeah. in a ministry if it's allowed to continue. Yeah, no doubt. So, well, I'll say before we jump into the content here, yeah. the Lord put on my heart um, a couple of months ago, actually, mm-hmm. as I'm seeing what God is doing in the cities that I serve, I serve the West Coast region, so right. everything from the Rockies West is the territory that I oversee. But in particular, California, I'm seeing just God do some amazing things there. Uh, we went from covering one abortion center back in early 2021 to now covering 27 abortion centers yeah, in the state amazing, of California. amazing growth. Yeah, amazing yeah. growth, exponential growth. And I know the Lord wants to do so much more. Mm-hmm. And especially in Southern California, I don't want to minimize what's happening in Northern California because it's amazing what's going on there. Right. right in the Bay Area, God is beginning to grow some teams there. And then our director... Um, one of our directors in Northern California, Sophia, is just doing an amazing job of building teams there. Mm-hmm. And of course, every leader, we have to deal with this unity. Um, and so definitely, you know, want to encourage that team and just the unity there is amazing. In Southern California, God's doing some significant things. We have several cities there and the, kind of the immediate L.A., greater L.A., Riverside County, San Bernardino, even down into San Diego County, like Orange County, there's so much stuff going on there, and I believe that God wants to continue to grow it. There's 161 abortion centers in the state of California. Staggering and yeah. sad. And just yeah. in kind of the, the greater L.A. area, I think there's about 60, 50 to 60 abortion centers yeah. there. So we're covering 27 abortion centers. I think about 17 abortion centers we're covering in Southern California. Mm-hmm. And God wants to do so much more. And the Lord put it on my heart. One of the things that can keep that forward mo- momentum from happening is disunity. And so the Lord put it on my heart to call a meeting to all of those teams that are serving in Southern California and calling this meeting Walking in Unity. And I believe the Lord's put a message on my heart to encourage them, to spur them on, 
to do what Paul talks about in Ephesians chapter 4, where he says that we should endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. Yes. And so that's going to be kind of the theme scripture yeah. for the message. But I'm going to I'm asking all of our volunteers. So if you're listening to this and you didn't get an invite to that meeting, that meeting's going to be on May the 8th at Calvary Chapel Chino Hills at 630. We're going to do some worship and some prayer, and I'm going to share a message and got a special gift I'm going to give to everybody that's going to be an example of unity and what, awesome. what God can do through unity. Yeah. And so I want to encourage you to be there. Of course, if you're not in Southern California and you're in some of the other cities, maybe... Is it going to be you know, live broadcast it's anywhere? It's not, no. Okay, that's too it's, bad. But, yeah. I don't yeah. want to have to deal with all, all of that. So just listen to the podcast. It'll help you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This podcast episode will, will be a blessing to you yeah. for sure. Um, but yeah, I just say that the Lord kind of put it on my heart to preempt um, disunity from really being a theme within the teams there in Southern California and really being like getting roots deep. I'm just going to say this, as I said before, you're always going to deal with disunity. There's always the potential for disunity, but there are some things to be aware of and some things that can help you to deal with it and to root it out. And so let's jump into those things. Yeah. So the first thing is just to know you do have to be on guard against it. Be on guard. Know what's going to happen. Be on on guard against it because it is amazingly destructive. Yeah. So the first thing I was thinking about is how to identify it and to think about what what the early seeds look like and how it progresses. And I think the very first seed of disunity is offense. Right. Someone feels offended by someone else, slighted by someone else, maybe even has a different opinion from someone else, yeah. and they take it personally. Yeah. Because my my opinion's different. We must not respect you, right. or something. That that's yeah. where it goes. They sure. they become offended. Yeah. By by things that um, would be better just to ignore most yeah. of the time. Um, sometimes what I've seen it over this this offense is often of a policy change. Right. Okay. And people don't like change and um, and will sometimes find it that they're offended because they liked the way the old things right. worked. Yeah. And yeah. they don't want to change. That definitely is a a uh, a means for people to get offended. Another right. thing too that I've seen yeah. is not getting credit. For the yes. things yeah. that oh, you've it's done, and worse, someone else gets credit for what right. you did. Like, and I think we've all had to deal with that, right? right? We, right. I've, I've had to deal with, you know, the fact that you know whatever it might be, this thing was done, this thing was accomplished, and someone yeah. else got the credit for it. Yeah. Or I didn't get the credit that I thought I should get for yeah. it. And listen again, that's a common thing that we have to fight against. Yeah. But we have to remember. And this is how we guard our hearts against being offended because we didn't get credit. We didn't get recognized. The Bible says, and Jesus talks about when we give a gift, that we shouldn't let the left hand know what the right hand is doing. Because if we're honored before men, then we won't be honored before God. That was our reward, being honored before men. men. Right. You get your reward. So much better to be honored before God. So here's here's the thing. Turn it around in your mind. If you don't get recognition for doing a thing. Yeah. Remember that your reward is greater with God, whatever that looks like when you get into his his kingdom. Right. Yeah. Um, God's going to recognize you for that stuff. And, and, and what you did, everyone there in heaven is going to recognize you for it because God's going to be the one to point it out right. for you. Yeah. And that's amazing. Now, it takes faith. 
and it takes you holding on, right, for, for a little while before you get that recognition. But after all, what are we doing what we're doing for? Are we doing it for recognition? No, we're supposed to be doing it to glorify God anyway. Right. So this is a point, if we're offended because we didn't get recognized for something we did, then are we really doing it for God or are we yeah. doing it for ourselves? Yeah. You know? That's a great, great point. Yeah. And oftentimes where offense, the, the next step, the next level is, okay, you've been offended. It kind of starts to grow and it turns into resentment. Yeah. Yeah. Now you begin to resent your leaders because mm-hmm. they're the one that have made this change that you don't like. You resent others because they're not giving you enough credit. Yeah. Um, whoever. Yeah. I mean, sometimes mm -hmm. it can lead to even resenting the Lord. Yes. Right? Because the Lord allowed this leader to make this change, or the Lord allowed this lack of recognition to take place, or, you know, another another thing that brings offense, not to backtrack too much, is maybe being left out of something. Maybe you didn't get invited to a prayer meeting, or you didn't get invited to a, a training or something like that. Right. And that can cause offense, which ultimately can cause resentment, because after all, you got left out. Yeah. I mean, I can tell you almost every time these offenses that come are not intentional. If someone didn't invite you to a meeting or if someone didn't recognize you for something or or, or said something or changed a policy or something that rubbed you the wrong way, promise you they weren't thinking about you when they did that. Right. It right? wasn't a as slight far against as like, you. Yeah. They weren't thinking about, oh, let me offend this person. Let me do this intentionally against them. They were doing it as a leader because I, I know I've been accused of all kinds of things as a leader. I made a change and got accused of this or accused of that. I, I wasn't I wasn't really aware of how bad that will affect you. Now, that's a folly on my part, and I, and I, I want to do better. But it wasn't personal. Well, I think that leads perfectly into the third thing, miscommunication or total lack of communication. So people have been offended. The resentment or anger or bitterness is growing. And that could be the that could be stopped really in its tracks by communication. Yeah. Good communication. In other words, going to the person that you've been offended by, resenting whatever, and saying, Hey, this is how I'm feeling. This is what I perceive happened. Can you tell me, you know, your side, kind yeah, of? Yeah. Just talk it out, and it, it could kind of end this cycle. But what often happens, instead of going to the person that you have been offended by or right. that you're taking offense from, um, we retreat into either bitter silence or worse, what I call holy gossip. Yeah. Oh, I need you to pray about pray something. About, yeah. Would you pray for yeah. me because so-and-so said blah, 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 yeah. blah. And what happens, this is this is where it becomes exceedingly dangerous because the person that's being gossiped about isn't there to like give their side or defend themselves or anything. It is one-sided. And if you've ever been in court and you've heard only one side of a court case, you're always convinced they're right. Yeah, yeah. It isn't till you hear both sides that you begin to weigh what's right, what's wrong, what's truth, what's not truth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a scripture, and I can't quote it exactly, but basically says the first one to state their case always seems right. Yeah. 
And I think it's in Proverbs. I'm yeah, assuming it's probably. In Proverbs. It sounds like a proverby thing. <laughs> yeah. But but the the gossip does so much damage. Yeah. And then everybody begins to believe it. And then there's not only one grumbler. There's all these other people grumbling because they think that what has been said is true without ever going to the source. Yeah, yeah. So, And if you're listening to this and you think, man, they made this podcast about, about me, me <laughs> I promise you We've we all didn't. been there. We've all <laughs> this, been there, this is first so of common. all. It is. And I'll say this, too. If you've done that stuff, yeah. like if, and, and I'll, I'll just admit, I've yeah. been a part of that stuff in the past. Yeah. The Lord has helped me to grow in that, but I have been that person that said... I want you to pray about this for me. And essentially, if I'm honest, what I'm doing is I'm gossiping. And, and asking and permission. To, yeah, I'm, I'm trying so. to unload my burden right. onto someone else, my you know, really spiritualized gossip. Yep. I'm asking them to pray about this situation when in reality, I need to keep that between me and the Lord. Yeah. Because them praying about it is just me sharing with them details that they don't need to know. Yeah. Right. Let's bring that stuff to the Lord. Yeah. Let's let the Lord deal with that. Let's let the Lord be the one that defends us. Let's let the Lord be the one that, again, congratulates us and gives us that pat on the back and recognizes us, you know? Yeah. Um, because ultimately, God's going to do the right thing all the time. We don't need to unload in our, our spiritualized gossip, which pray about this, this person offended me, and blah, 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 blah. Let's say, Lord... I'm going to cast this care on you because you care for me. You, I think and, that, and I think you can definitely voice that stuff to the Lord. Lord, I'm frustrated by this right. and by that. Yeah. Put out that stuff before the Lord, right? Put it all out before the Lord. He already knows it. But leave it there. Don't don't spiritualize it by asking someone to pray for you about something you know they have no business knowing about. Yeah, and I I think it's really important to to consider whenever offense begins or resentment begins, is it worth even discussing with another person? Right. Or is it truly something you just need? I mean, even with the source, is it something that really it's so trivial and it's so unimportant in the grand scheme of things, it's better to just deal with it between you and God? Yeah. There are issues that you, you may need to go to the other person. But go to only that person, right. at least initially. That should be the first thing. So the, yeah. the progression— I mean, that's what we, we always talk about right. as far as Matthew 18 is concerned. Exactly. If you find a fault in your brother, you go between you and them. Yeah. If it doesn't get resolved, then you bring someone else to them. That doesn't mean you bring it, the situation, to another person right. and you gossip about them. No. Yeah. It says you go get another person to go with you to address the situation right. with them. Yeah. Yeah. Um. The problem with gossip, um, which the progression is then not only is, is the teams starting to talk amongst each other, it's growing into from one team to another team, and it becomes the perceived truth. And that, that's the danger is that then there's, you know, there's now this terrible thing being said about someone or about a leader or whatever, or a yeah, policy. Or a situation or and whatever. And the yeah. discontent, the questioning is growing. And that's such a tactic of Satan. You know, that's where he started with Adam and Eve questioning. Questioning yeah. God's goodness, and we can do that to each other. We can start to question each other's goodness and believe the worst about right. them. 
Um, and then, then the next progression is people that you've got now a whole group of people that are disgruntled and, and offended and that can tr- really end in people quitting yeah. and in division and, and a, not only, um, you know, a, a team falling apart, but a whole ministry yeah. can even be affected by that and fall yeah. apart. I mean, God only knows how many churches yes. have seen this progression, or yeah. I would say Degression, right? Yeah, this, this, that's what it is. Yeah, degrading of their team and even their church splitting, right? Because of this, because yeah. of offense coming in, people grow into resentment. They begin to gossip. Gossip takes root. There's nothing but dissension and 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 gossip and evil speaking. And it's like, how can two be together unless they unless they're in agreement, as the scripture yeah. says? Yeah, right? it just brings division and separation. Yeah, and again, it's a t- it's a tactic of the enemy. To stop what God is doing, right? To to divide the church, yeah. to divide a ministry or whatever, and so again, our heart in this episode is to keep you guys unified, moving forward with what the Lord has for you, um, so that disunity doesn't stifle you. Yeah, because ultimately, trust in each other is what is destroyed. Yeah, and and a, a ministry has to trust the members have to trust each other and have to trust their leaders. Yeah. So how to avoid it? How do we avoid? these traps of disunity and, yeah. and Daniel, this first one is the one that I think you've said so many times yeah. and you say it so well and it's it's I think maybe the most yeah. important one. Yeah, and, and this is the thing that takes the most like I don't know leaning on the Lord. Yeah. Right. Because our human disposition is to believe the worst about other people. Right. Yeah. Right. We want to believe that they must be lying to me. They must be against me or whatever. That's kind of the way our human mind goes. Right. But we're believers in Jesus, right? Our mind needs to be renewed, right? Be transformed by the renewing of the mind. How we renew our mind? We look in the scriptures. What do the scriptures say? The scripture says we should believe the best about our brothers. Mm-hmm. You look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It talks about love, right? Mm-hmm. And he says, I'm paraphrasing. I'm not going to quote it exactly, but... If you speak with the tongue of men and of angels, but you don't have love, it's like a clanging cymbal or a gong or like a a trumpet, a a brass that uh, doesn't have a distinct sound. It sounds terrible. It's a terrible, unpleasant noise. Then he goes on to talk about you can give your body to be burned. Mm -hmm. You can give everything you own to the poor. You can stand out there on that sidewalk and speak on behalf of babies that have no voice. But if you don't have love... It has no value. And then Paul lays out in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 what love looks like. Mm-hmm. And one of the things he says there, he says, love believes all things. Now, mm-hmm. he's not saying love is gullible mm-hmm. and believes whatever somebody tells you. What that means in that passage is love believes the best. Mm-hmm. You must commit yourself, commit your heart, and it takes faith. It takes trusting God But you must commit to believe the best about your brothers and sisters unless you have a compelling mountain of evidence otherwise. You must believe the best. You must assume that their motives are pure because if you don't, then you're actually projecting what's in your own heart. Maybe your motives aren't pure. Maybe you do things that manipulate situations. Maybe you take recognition for things that other people do, and you're projecting that on someone else. A lot of times what's in your own heart manifests in the way that you see other people. Yeah. And so if you mistrust people, maybe you're not trustworthy yourself. Right. 
If you gossip about people, but you're concerned about others gossiping about you, maybe it's because you do that yourself and you're projecting on other people. So you need to examine your heart before the Lord. We must, and I'm speaking pretty, pretty boldly, pretty forthrightly, because God has dealt with this stuff in me. Yeah. Um, Maybe you're projecting jealousy onto other people. Um, one of the things that one preacher said, I was re- listening a couple weeks ago, he said, jealousy is fear of losing position. You're mm-hmm. jealous because you're afraid that you're going to lose your position. You're, you're trying to get down yeah. because that other is better. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> and who puts you in the position? Like if, if it's you that puts yourself in that position, then you should lose that position. Mm-hmm. The Lord is the one that should put us in the positions that we are. Yeah. Not us. Yeah. Right. And so I just want to encourage you guys, you have to believe the best about brothers and sisters in the Lord. I think this is such a powerful thing because, you know, I, I, I definitely am guilty of not doing this, of assuming the worst. And I've really started to consciously repeat this in my heart and in yeah. my head with others. And it really, it does change my outlook on them. Yeah. But I think what you're also stating is that in in be, in assuming the best in others, you've got a humble spirit. Right. You've got a spirit of humility, and I do believe that that that's one of the things we listed to avoid the trap of disunity. That's the second thing. Yeah. To have a humble spirit, um, and if you don't have one, pray that God will help you to de- yeah. to develop one. Yeah. Everyone so, needs work in these areas. Yeah. Everyone needs for God to help them to be more humble. Right. Um, somebody said that humility is not thinking less of yourself. People think about humility. It's groveling in the dirt, thinking that, you know, I'm a worm, I'm dirt, I'm worth nothing. That's not humility, mm-hmm. right? Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. Right. What that means is you're focusing on other people. You're focusing on how they're doing. You know, you're focusing on loving them rather than just loving yourself and maintaining your own self-worth. You see your self-worth in what Jesus Christ did for you on the cross, and then you know, because you're confident in his love for you, that you can actually—humility is, is kind of risky, right? Because you, if you're humble, you're not trying to put yourself in certain positions. You're trying to prefer other people before yourself. That's yeah. your goal in humility is prefer others before yourself. It takes trust, but God yeah. can give you the trust and the strength to do that but again, it's through his strength. And if you have a humble spirit, changes or things that feel like slights to you can be are perceived in a different way. You can recognize, yeah. I could be misperceiving things. I could be wrong. Yeah. I could be wrong. And yeah. someone else might honestly have a, a better that's, that's idea. That's actually a really important point. Yeah. Because a lot of times we're not humble and we yeah. believe the worst mm-hmm. and we take up offense Because we think that our opinions and our perspectives are the only valid ones. Which boils down to pride. Yeah, it boils down to pride. And so humility, you know, you're perceiving that someone is acting a certain way toward you, Mm -hmm. and you're convinced they don't like me. Mm -hmm. They have something against me. Yeah. Is it possible you could look from a different perspective? Maybe maybe they did that thing or said that thing um, just out of ignorance. Yeah. Um, Maybe they did it. Really, not even thinking about how it would affect you. Now, that's they should think about how it would affect you. Or but maybe they're, not, they're right. Or maybe, maybe they're, they're right. Maybe they're correct <laughs> they in their assessment. Right. Yeah, 
Exactly. So open and immediate communication. We already talked about that. That first fully understand before you get offended. Try to truly understand the whole thing and and then admit that you could be wrong. You might be wrong, which is part of a humble spirit. So let me say this, because I know we're trying to wrap up here, but it's really good if you think that someone said or did something against you and it was personal against you. Again, you want to make sure before you run with that, you want to make sure that's the case. Like, did they really say this or do right. this yeah. against me? Yeah. You can ask the question. You could say, when you did this, did you intend this? Yes. And oftentimes what you're going to find is they're going to be, oh, wait a minute, I had no idea that you perceived it that way. That's not what I meant. That's yes. oftentimes the response, right? Yes. So yeah. that's really good with this open and immediate communication. Hey, you just said this. Did you actually mean this? This is the way I perceived it. And that will help clear the air and help get clarity. And maybe they did mean it. And they'll be honest and say, yeah, actually, and here's why, you know. Yeah. But most of the time, it's like, no, I didn't mean it like that. Yeah, I had a situation where I knew someone was was feeling dissatisfied with th- some stuff that we do. And I, yeah. I just explained why we do it. I said, I've, I've, I just want to make sure you understand why we do what we do. Yeah. And that cleared it all up. Right. It, just having an understanding from our perspective of why we did it appeared to clear it up. Yeah. But that, you know, focus, and that in a sense was focusing on the big picture, which is one of the things that we mentioned in this article. Focus on the big picture. Right. There's sometimes things that are changes or whatever or what's happening around you that, that you're not happy about. There's a bigger picture that the people in charge sometimes have a perspective that that you as a volunteer one day a week might not have. Yeah. Um, and that can be translated to God. God has the biggest picture. Right. He, he has perspective. We can't begin to see it all. Yeah. And we have to sometimes just trust that the bigger picture is so much better yeah. and so much bigger than what we're able to, to comprehend. Yeah. Amen. And then encourage others. I think we we forget sometimes people are acting out of offense because they need encouragement. They really are struggling. And if we can just uh, remember, especially as leaders, go out of your way to encourage people, to tell them what they're doing well, and to tell them that a lot. I think it can go a long way towards disrupting this pattern, this growth of disunity. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Well, guys, we're going to wrap this podcast episode up. I want to encourage you guys with a scripture. I'm not going to read the scripture for you. I want to encourage you guys to do your homework and read this scripture. Ephesians chapter 4, yeah. verses 1 through 6. I quoted a little bit of it earlier, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. But read that scripture. Meditate on that scripture and how that applies to you and the ministry that you're called to. Um, you can reach out to me, Daniel, at lovelife.org. If you have any suggestions for future episodes, maybe comments about this podcast episode, you can reach out to her, Vicki, with a Y, at lovelife.org. Also, take advantage of our podcast website, Gospel-Centered Pro-Life Podcast, where you can get all of our episodes and search keywords for episodes with different subject matter if you're interested in those. And uh, until next time, God bless. God bless you all. Give me an outlet for gratitude I know it will cost me my life But nothing's too precious since I met you